Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. Today I want to finish the series on Stand Firm. I believe this is the sixth message, talking about the day in which we live, the end times. Next Sunday, just so you know, is Veterans Day. We'll be honoring all veterans here on Sunday morning. We have a guest speaker uh, who will come and share some of his experiences with us. And then uh, I will introduce a new series of messages entitled uh, Living in the Power of the Spirit. So I encourage you to be here and uh, see what God's going to do in your life. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, we'll be there in just a second. I want you to understand that the purpose of prophetic preaching is not to tell you what's going to happen. You can read, you can buy a commentary, you can read the scripture. Every one of you can read and find out what the Bible says about that. It's not just about information, but rather the purpose of prophetic preaching is to challenge each one of us to recognize the day in which we live, the hour is short, and the utmost call of Jesus Christ on us is to take this gospel to those who have not known. It's to stir us from places of indifference, to stir us from places of apathy, to stir us from places where we become lazy with the gospel and to thrust us into the harvest field. What did Jesus say in Matthew chapter 9? He said, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest field. That's his heart. That's his desire. So when you and I begin to realize and understand the hour in which we live, it should cause us as never before to take the gospel to those who have not known. That's to our family, to our friends, to our co-workers, to our neighbors to people we meet on the street or in public or at the gas station, recognizing they desperately need to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So understand, this isn't about telling you what's going to happen. It's about challenging you to do what Christ has already commanded us to do. Because we recognize at any moment, the trumpet could sound, the Lord himself can descend from heaven, the dead in Christ could rise, then we which are alive and remain could be caught up together to meet him in the clouds, and so would we ever be with the Lord. We have to understand the hour in which we live. Time is critical. It's running short. We are living at the 11th hour in the history of humanity. So look with me to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. We're reading verses 1, 2, and then verse 15. The Bible says these things, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us as though the day of Christ had come. Let me pause there for those of you who have been here for the whole series. Paul is writing to the church at Thessalonica because false teaching was spreading through them. Teaching that said to them, the day of the Lord, which is the day of judgment, the rapture of the church had already occurred and they had been left behind. Fear was permeating and false teaching was everywhere. And so he's writing to dispel those false teachings and let them know that's not the case. Matter of fact, you can walk through the last series of messages. You can see we talked about the signs. False teaching will arise and be prevalent, such as it is today. 
A spirit of fear will dominate the land, such as we see today. A spirit of lawlessness will fill the earth, as we see today. There will be a falling away. Then the rapture of the church will occur. Then that seven-year period, known as the tribulation period, described in Revelations, will occur. And then the final thing, which we're going to talk about this morning, the last battle, that cataclysmic event, is the battle of Armageddon. So then Paul goes on to verse 15, and he says these words, Therefore, brethren, stand fast. Hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or our epistle. So in this day and this age, when we see the clock of humanity coming down, and we know the approach of Christ and the return of Christ is upon us, Paul says, this is what you do. Remember what you've been taught and stand firm. Don't be soon shaken. Don't become anxious because of what you see or because of what you hear, but stand in the authority and the promise of God's word. Stand firm. I can't say it enough times, church. It is imperative that you and I learn to stand on the word of God. Men's words will fail us and often be wrong. We can see things and events happening around us that will alarm us. But when we stand in the word of God, we know this. He will never leave us and never forsake us. We know this. We have a friend that sticks closer than a brother. We know this. He has never lied, never will lie. And every promise he has given will be honored and performed. Stand firm. Stand firm. So then we move to Revelation chapter 19, talking about the last event that's going to happen before Jesus comes to rule and reign on this planet for a period of a thousand years. It's the Battle of Armageddon. The conclusion of that seven-year tribulation period, and by the way, if you haven't heard all these messages, they're all online at allnationstallahassee.com. You can go there, listen and watch each and every one of them, and I encourage you to do so if you haven't heard the previous messages. At the end of that seven period of time, the battle of Armageddon will occur. The armies of the world will gather against Israel to destroy Israel. And Jesus Christ with his army will come and render defeat to each and every one. I want you to understand, every army in the world, every country in the world at that time is involved in this battle against Israel. Against little, tiny, small Israel. Do you realize that Israel is only 75 miles wide at its widest and 200 miles long? And the force of evil mankind is now centered against it. We see those things happening right now and forces being rallied against Israel. We see that in times past, our nation has been a great ally to the nation of Israel. But as we see the political wind shifting, we wonder, and we have to wonder, how long will that remain true? We see that there are people even in the halls of Congress that are calling Israel uh, people who are annihilating other populations. Can I tell you that's simply not true? You need to go there and really see what's happening and occurring. We need to understand that there are enemies outside their borders and enemies inside their borders. And they're doing what they must do to survive, but they are not murdering the Palestinians. There I've said it, all right? So you need to understand what you hear on CNN and MSNBC and all these other news outlets regarding Israel is primarily false. 
Doesn't matter to me if you say amen. I don't care. I'm telling you the truth this morning. And you need to hear the truth and understand that Israel's pivotal in every aspect of prophecy. Every aspect. So on that day, the armies of the world will be involved in this battle against that tiny nation. Christ himself comes and defeats them with his armies. I want you to understand something. It is total victory or total defeat at this battle. And Revelation 19 tells me it's total victory for Jesus Christ and those who follow him. You've heard the phrase, I read the back of the book and we won. Well, this morning we're reading the back of the book. This should be a message of encouragement to every believer to know the end is already written and will happen just as the Lord has said. Revelation 19, beginning in verse 11, read with me. Now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him, who is called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and makes war, speaking about Jesus Christ. His eyes were like a flame of fire. On his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with, he was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. You understand that, John chapter 1? It tells us the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It's speaking of Jesus Christ. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, I'll say it with me, King of kings and Lord of lords. I'll say it like you mean it. King of kings and Lord of lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the birds that fly in the midst of the heaven, come and gather together for the supper of the great God that you may eat the flesh of the kings, that the flesh of the captains, the flesh of the mighty men, the flesh of the horses and of those who sit on them, and the flesh of all people, free and slave, bond and free. And I saw the beast, the kings of the earth, and the armies gathered together to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. In verse 20, Then the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet, who worked signs in his presence by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. If you're going to chapter 20 and read the first two verses, it says, And an angel descended from heaven with the key to the bottomless pit, and he took hold of the dragon, speaking of Satan, bound him and threw him into the bottomless pit where he remains for a thousand years. So this morning we're talking about the battle of Armageddon. When Jesus Christ, just described in Revelation, descends from heaven with his armies, armies of angels and armies of believers. But you know what? It's an interesting thing when you read that. I don't think the angels nor the believers are really going to be involved except they're there because it's the sword, the word that proceeds out of his mouth that defeats the enemies of the kingdom of God. And the same is true today. His word is your victory. 
His word defeats the enemy. His word brings you to assurance and confidence and peace and allows you to walk into the plan of God he has for your life. Revelation 19 verses 11 through 21 spell that very, very quickly. Then Revelation 16, 16 says, Then they gathered the kings together to the place that in Hebrew is called Armageddon. You need to understand that Armageddon has a very specific meaning in Hebrew. When we break it down, it means the Mount of Megiddo. Har means mount. Megiddo means slaughter. Literally, the translation from Hebrew for Armageddon is mountain of slaughter. Matter of fact, if you'll read Ezekiel 39 verse 12, now, I'm going to be referring to Ezekiel and Daniel today because they tie in to this passage in Revelation. Ezekiel 39, 12 says it's going to take seven months to bury the dead as a result of this war. That is amazing when you begin to think about it. So let's think about Armageddon. Armageddon is actually not the battle. It's the place or one of the places of the battle. But it's there at this mountain of slaughter that Deborah and Barak defeated the Canaanites thousands of years ago. It's there that Gideon defeated the Midianites with his 300 men. One historian says that more than 200 battles have been fought at or near the valley of Armageddon. But when we continue to read the scriptures and compare them, we find out this isn't the only place for this last and final battle. Matter of fact, in Joel chapter 4, verse 12, it says that the valley will be fought, the battle will be fought in the valley of Jehoshaphat. We know that's nearby Jerusalem. Isaiah 63, 1 tells us that Christ is coming with blood-stained garments from Edom. Edom is modern-day Jordan. So the battle will stretch from Megiddo, which is in the north of Israel, all the way down to Jordan to the south of Israel. Ezekiel 38.9, Ezekiel prophesied that the armies of the great battle would cover the land with Jerusalem at the center of the conflict. Revelation 14.20, the Bible says, They were trampled in the winepress outside the city. Blood flowed out of the press, rising as high as the horses' bridles for a distance of 1,600 stadia. 1,600 stadia today is 200 miles, which happens to be the distance from the north of Israel to the south of Israel. It's amazing how these prophecies line up, and we see them coming to pass. All this is in your notes this morning, but I want to review it and walk through it very quickly. The Battle of Armageddon will have several characteristics. Number one, it will involve every nation in the world. Number two, the battle of Armageddon, the purpose will be to annihilate the Jews and Israel. And Christ comes to fight and bring salvation. Number three, in the battle of Armageddon, the Antichrist will be the leader of the army. Number four, the battle of Armageddon, the armies are defeated by the word of Christ, a sharp sword which proceeds from his mouth. Let me say it again. Our victory even today comes by the word of Christ, by the word of God. What did the revelator say? He said, you'll overcome him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of your testimony. What did Paul say? He said, shortly, he'll put him under your feet. Oh, understand the power that's in the word of God today. Apply it and use it in your life. Number five, after the battle of Armageddon, swords and spears will be beat into plowshares and pruning hooks. Isaiah chapter two, verse four, and the nations will study war no more. 
So when we look at this passage of Scripture, we go back and look at Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39. We get a picture of the armies that will be gathering in this place. Go ahead and put that slide up right now, please, Donna, if you would. See, this begins with the armies from the north and the south. The north being Russia. The south being Iran, Turkey. On and on down we go. It, it deletes those and lines those out in Ezekiel chapter 38. Then Ezekiel chapter 39, the Bible says that God said to Ezekiel, prophesy against Gog and Magog and tell them of the destruction. Tell them of the ruin. I'm not going to take time to read all those scriptures. The references are in your outline. You can read them later today. But we see all these armies are gathering against the Antichrist in reality, Israel in reality. Daniel said in Daniel 11:40, at the time of the end of the king, the south will engage him in battle. The king of the north will storm out against him with chariots and cavalry, great fleet of ships. He'll invade many countries and sweep through them like a flood. Daniel's prophecy describes an army coming from Africa, from the south, probably all the nations of North Africa, and then an army coming from the north led by Russia. And then before the Antichrist can handle this, he has news of an army coming from the east. Daniel eleven forty four. but reports from the east and the north will alarm him. He'll sit out in a great rage to destroy and annihilate many. Revelation 9, 16 gives us insight into that prophecy because it says the number of the mounted troops was 200 million. I mentioned this a few weeks ago when we were in this series. But the only country on the face of the earth with the capability of mounting that type of an army is China. Matter of fact, when I did some research, there are right now 240 million adult males between 18 and 40 years of age in China. Isn't it amazing how things align with the scripture? And what God prophesied thousands of years ago is happening in our day and in our time. Folks, you need to understand the Bible is correct. It is true. What it says will come to pass. It's time for believers to awaken, to be shaken, recognize the hour and the day in which we live. I also mentioned this, that when the U.S. drew from Afghanistan, that created a land bridge by which China can bring their armies right into the nation of Israel, following the old Silk Road. Revelation 16, 14 says, There are spirits of demons performing miraculous signs. They go out to the kings of the whole world to gather them for battle on the great day of God Almighty. Do you understand what that scripture says? The forces of darkness will be arrayed against the forces of God. It's the battle of Armageddon. Then Jesus will descend with his angels. Revelation 5.11 says, Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels. Someone said, How many angels are there? I'm going to tell you right now. Thousands upon thousands, and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. You need to understand that there are so many angels you can't even begin to count them. Matter of fact, when you take that literally from the Greek, it can be translated as thousands and millions of angels are around the throne of God. And then you add those who have been born again, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And you can read it in Revelation. It says, there was a great multitude from every people, every nation, every tongue assembled around the throne of God. 
So we understand that company with Jesus will vastly outnumber those that are on the earth. But really, all we need is him. Amen? I said, all we need is him. We need to understand the concept that me and Jesus, we're a majority. Let me say that again. Me and Jesus, we're a majority. And the devil has no chance when we stand with him. When we put our feet firmly on God's word and refuse to be moved or shaken, the enemy is defeated again. We have to understand that concept and that principle. All those who've died in the Lord through the century, all those who've been raptured seven years prior, will join the Lord and participate in this battle to reclaim the rule of Christ. Now, those of you who've never ridden a horse, don't worry about it. Somehow between now and then, you're going to learn. Someone said to me yesterday, do you know how to ride a horse? Well, I guess I probably do. At one time we had 21 head on the farm back in Oklahoma when I was growing up. Yeah, I can ride a horse and I can't wait to teach some of you. It's going to be a great day. We are preparing for this moment in this battle. The battle of Armageddon will be the last warfare this world will ever know. As the king of glory, just picture it with me. Jesus Christ, king of kings and lord of lords, on a big white stallion. I don't know if it's a stallion. It says a horse, so I think it probably has to be. A big white stallion with the sword proceeding from his mouth, with the written upon his thigh, king of kings and lord of lords, burst through the heavens to confront the enemies of God. Burst through the heavens to render defeat, total defeat, once for all, to the enemy of God, Satan, and the dominion of darkness. And one thing we know beyond a shadow of a doubt, in that day, Satan is defeated. In that day, the Antichrist is thrown alive into the fiery pit. In that day, the author of the false religion, the, the, be, the pro, false prophet, will also be thrown alive into that fiery pit. Let me tell you something, folks. It's a good day to make sure you're on the right side. I said, it's a good day to make sure you're on the right side. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, accept him today. I'm not trying to use fear to scare or intimidate you. I'm giving you facts. This is what's going to happen. You don't want to be here when this occurs. You don't want to be on the... Let me use a phrase our politicians are bandying around all the time. You don't want to be on the wrong side of history. You want to make sure you're on the right side with the Word of God and what God is doing in the lives of His people. And on that day, it will be an end of all warfare. On that day, we began our reign with Christ. And to borrow the words of the hymn writer, what a day that will be. Oh, can somebody say amen? I said, what a day that will be when the enemy of our soul is defeated once and for all. Every minion from hell is locked up again and not allowed to be released. Oh, that's good news to you and me. So it pays to be on the right side. Tom, would you come back? It's imperative that we are on the right side. And as you scan the horizon of what's happening across the world, one thing becomes very, very evident. The moment of his return is soon upon us. It could be in the next second, the next breath, the next hour. Happen today, tomorrow, next month. I don't know. Jesus said no man knows the day or the hour except the Father 
in heaven. But our imperative was not to guess when he's coming. Our imperative is to be ready. You see, Jesus told us the story in Matthew of the ten virgins. He talked about five who were wise and five who were foolish. He talked about the five foolish ones who did not refill their lamps with oil and did not trim the wicks. So that when the bridegroom came in the middle of the night, they were not ready to receive him. He told us that parable, that story, to impress upon us the urgency and the absolute necessity of making sure we are constantly full of His Holy Spirit, that our lights are shining to the world around us, that we are anxiously awaiting His return. The question this morning is, are you ready? Are you ready? Because if you're not, you very well may be on the wrong side of history. Are you ready? Close your eyes and bow your heads with me this morning. The purpose of prophetic preaching is to instill in your hearts a deep desire to reach as many people as possible with the time that's been given to us so that they too can avoid the horror, tragedy, calamity that's going to occur on planet Earth. I shared it with you several weeks ago. After the rapture, we moved to that seven-year tribulation period. People want to believe or have taught in the past that the first three and a half years will be peace and kindness and love. You need to read it one more time. Because Revelation chapter 6 tells me that one of the first things that happened is one-fourth of the earth's population is killed. Spirit of murder rises among those remaining. Famine fills the land. War fills the land so that a full one quarter of the population is killed. Don't think you can slide by, slip past, miss the rapture and somehow still make it to heaven. Oh, you can, but if you're not willing to live for him now, you're probably not willing to die for him then, because that's the cost, that's the price. So as heads are bowed and eyes are closed across this room this morning, you know what's going to occur. It's clearly outlined through the scripture. This isn't guesswork. It will, in fact, occur. But if you aren't ready, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, if you haven't asked Him to come into your heart to forgive your sins, if you haven't repented and turned to Him, your future is not very bright. So I ask you this morning, are you in this room? Are you online? And more than anything else, you need to ask Christ to come into your heart to forgive your sins. You need to repent and make Him your Lord and Savior. That's you. If you're in this room, just lift up your hand and say, pray for me, Pastor. That's me. If you're online, send us a message right now. We're going to pray for you. Slip up your hand and say, that's me, Pastor. Pray for me. So wait just a moment. Anyone? Father, I thank you today for the opportunity to challenge your people with the Word of God. I thank you for truth and life that flows from your Word. And I ask, Lord, that in this place, you would be magnified and glorified. You made it to the end of the message, and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? 
then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sharer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.